Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Fantastic. So good that we are part of a uh, growing church that looks not only after our spiritual development, but also um, our personal development as well. So far, we have been looking at uh, the series, Got Questions, and we've been looking at certain questions like, is there more to life than this? We last week looked at the idea of who is Jesus, and this week, we're asking the question, why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus die? Let's pray before we go any further. Father, we thank you that we get to come around your word. Father, I thank you that we get to hear from you. I pray as always that you will challenge us, inspire us, and equip us to be all that we're supposed to be. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And when you look at symbols and logos, when you look at these different things, it really gives you an indication as to what something is. If I show you what a logo is, what it does, it gives you a recognition or an understanding of what the subject matter is. And so if I give you these logos on the screen, instantly you will recognize which and what these logos represent. Apple, McDonald's, and Mercedes. Apple, the idea, idea that uh, their company is modern, it's sleek, it's rather expensive, um, but completely worth it. So if you have an Android, I'm sorry. And then there's McDonald's. Um, uh, the golden arches, the thing that brings a smile to every five-year-old's face when they see it from a mile away, and every parent's nightmare thinking, close your eyes, close your eyes, don't look at this thing. You have Mercedes as well, um, which one of us on the front row likes to definitely drive, and uh, brags about their Mercedes. And uh, the idea that there's elegance, it's sleek, uh, the idea that uh, it's expensive, and interestingly enough, the triangle is their representation of how Mercedes dominates the air, the sea, and the land. And if you didn't know, you learned something about Mercedes this morning. Now, for Christians, what our logo is, is the cross. The cross. And the cross symbolizes love and forgiveness. Love and forgiveness. Love, in Romans 5, verse 8, says that God demonstrates his love towards us in that whilst we're still sinners, Christ died. Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, verse 14 says, In whom we have redemption, talking about Jesus, the forgiveness of our sins. The cross is our symbol as Christians of our faith, of love and forgiveness. And when Jesus died for us, he didn't just die for one particular type of person. He didn't just die for one particular look of a person, but he died for us all. Every single one of us, Jesus died for. Regardless of your background, regardless of what you've seen, regardless of what you've seen and been through, Jesus has died for you and paid the ultimate cost. It's for both our benefits for us and instead of us that he died on the cross. And so ultimately for us, we have a positive deal in this situation. We have a positive deal in this situation. Paul in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says it like this, Live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul's making this as personal as he possibly can for us. He died for you and I. Made it as personable as he could possibly make it. And which means the creator of the universe decided to die for you. And when that truth becomes our reality, it changes everything that we go through. 
It changes how we engage in our lifestyles. It, it changes our relationships. It changes our friendships, our marriages. It changes our relationships, our behaviors, our thoughts, our patterns, our attitudes, the way we think. That reality that Jesus has died for you changes everything. And so we come to this place where we think to ourselves, well, what is the actual problem? What is the actual problem? Why did he have to die? You know, when God made us, uh, we've under, we, we read in the Bible that he made us in his image, which means that we have the capacity for great things. We have the capacity for wonderful things. We have the possibility of doing something, being something wonderful, beautiful, magnificent, which leads to creativity in media and literature and art and music and technology. The, the capacity for greatness within us is there inside of us. We've been made in the image of God, which means that we, have, we are capable for significant moments and exploits of love and kindness and devotion. But friends, there are two sides to every coin. Just as we are made in the image of God for good things, there is, a, there is also a capacity within us for things that are evil and wrong. We have, we're capable of bad things, horrible things, deplorable acts. We're capable of grand and wicked, uh, wickedness and pain. Acts that are horrific and evil-fueled and full of hatred. The gruesome acts of violence and greed. We call it being or acting inhumane. You turn on the TV, you read the newspaper, and you see what's going on around the world. And you question what on earth is going on. We see the atrocities of war. And we can't simply say, well, there are good people and there are bad people, and that's the, that's, that's, that's the end of it. The truth is that we're all, we all have the capacity for good and for evil, and it comes down to our awareness of this. Romans chapter 3, verse 22 to 24 says these words, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew or Gentile. 23, just women have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, let me try wrong verse. Just men have sinned and fallen short of the glory. No. Just white people have sinned. No. Just black people have sinned. No. Just rich people have sinned. No. Just poor people have sinned. No. Just heterosexuals have sinned. No, just homosexuals have sinned. No, the young have sinned. The Muslim have sinned. No, the Bible tells us that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has fallen short of God's standard. Verse 24, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And I often ask myself, well, how, how difficult do I find it to admit that I'm wrong? How difficult do I, do I find it to, to say I, I, made, I made a boo-boo, I made a mistake? I don't know why I know if I'm going around saying I made a boo-boo, but I'm, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing that. But there's always an excuse that we make, right? In, the, in America, there was a study that was, that was taken, a, a news radio um, uh, took this, and the commentator was saying that there are three types of excuses that people make when they are guilty of wrongdoing. The first one is outright denial. They outright deny that this happened. It's a rejection of any involvement that took place. Uh, sometimes this is done by the person who's obviously guilty. Uh, a while ago, someone threw my food away. <laughs> and if you know me, that is a very horrible thing that you could do. 
The second one is that they say, it's not my fault. They look around for someone else to blame. They look around for someone else to say that, oh, it was because of that person. Often it's a loved one. Maybe it's a husband or a parent who, who says, oh, it was somebody else. Maybe we even blame our boss. The third form of excuse is, I did it, but. I did it, but. They instantly blame their circumstance for what has taken place instead of owning up for what they have done. Friends, we've all done things that are wrong. Interestingly, we try and justify our wrongness, but it doesn't work because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I keep mentioning this word sin. What, what, what is sin? On, and understand it's, it's more than just a, a, a checkbook of regula- regulations. It's more than just a checklist of things that make you a good person or a bad person. It's the corruption of God's good word, world and a distance created between him and us. It's this distance that's created between him and us and how said corruption shows up in the choices that we make, in the relationships that we have with both man and with God. We read in Genesis how God created the world and when he did so, he states it is good. Seven times he states it is good. He sees the things that he's created and he says these things are good. And when he made mankind from the dust, he stooped down touched the dust, formed man. His fingerprints are all over us. Again, we are made in the image of God. And he does this very interesting thing where he, he gets down and breathes life into us. He puts his spirit inside of us and he says, oh, this is good. He, he made us to have relationship with him. In the early accounts of Genesis, we read how man spoke with God, walked with God, had relationship with God, was in communion with God, was close to God. And this serpent comes down one day, Satan in the form of a, in the, of a, Satan in the form of a serpent comes down and deceives Eve. Says to Eve, hey, listen, you could just be like God. Eve then takes that away to Adam and, and he too falls into sin. It's this sin that's caused a rupture between the relationship of God and man. It's a sin that caused man to think that they don't need God. It's the sin that's caused us to think that uh, to be, for us to be in rebellion with him. Death is our punishment. That's what we deserve as a result. And the only way for God to see us as clean is for a sacrifice to be made. Leviticus chapter 16 and 17 talks about the different things that we can do. Ultimately, For God to see us as clean, a sacrifice has to be made of something that is completely clean. Ultimately, animals can't cut it because we're doing this over and over and over again. Something was needed to make this final. Something was needed to make this concrete. That person was Jesus. We have three understandings of sin throughout Scripture. Three understandings of sin throughout Scripture. The first one is Qatar. It's, It's this idea of missing the goal or missing the mark. Uh, We're made in the image of God, so the idea that we're called to love, to respect one another, called to love and respect God is paramount in our relationship and our primary goal. So choosing not to love, choosing not to respect invites corruption into the very goodness of what God has called into being. The choice to split and rupture our relationship with God is this idea that we've missed the mark, we've missed the goal. The second one is Avon. It's to bend, twist, or distort what is good. Bend, twist, or distort what is good. The bending, the twisting, the distorting of God's laws, his word, is, is, is different, has different degrees of punishment. 
behavior like murder, adultery, examples of this are twisted behaviors uh, that, that causes deceitfulness and, and, and broken faith, violence, and other forms of harm. It, res, it, 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 it conveys this idea of crooked results. Third one is per, uh, persa, which means violating or breaking trust, violating or breaking trust, which refers to uh, ways in which people violate trust with one another. It's the betrayal of a relationship, the betrayal of a relationship between you and God, the betrayal of a relationship between you and mankind. It's this idea of sins, transgressions, and iniquity. So why does this matter to us? Why is this so important? Why does this matter? The first one is the pollution of sin. Pollution of sin. The things we do wrong spoil our lives. It's like the pollution in the environment, but in a bigger, more grand way. The problem that Jesus is saying is that sin will pollute your soul, corrupt who you are, and they can spoil the relationships that we have. The second one is the power of sin. The power of sin, the bad stuff in our lives, the bad habits that we have that are very addictive. Someone on our staff team um, is addicted to a particular drink uh, called Mountain Dew. And uh, this person has, when I say bottles, I mean like bottles of that stuff. Not only in his house, sorry, their house, but also at the office. Like you just walk in and you'll find Mountain Dew of different size, sizes, different um, flavors. Uh, this guy sometimes comes in with like a 2.5 liter of Mountain Dew. The Mountain Dew that we keep in, in the source, I'm pretty sure he's the sole person <laughs> who buys the stuff. He's addicted to the stuff and it will justify his addiction. Say, no, no, it's good. I need the, uh, the energy levels. My friend, it's too much sugar. <laughs> the third one is the penalty of sin. There's something within us that cries out for justice, cries out for justice. When we see these kinds of horrific things that are taking place around the world, we, we're saying that's not how it should be. That's not how it should be. They should be stopped. There should be justice that comes about. I don't know how many of you guys used to watch, well, you all watch TV, I'm assuming, but uh, when you were younger, <laughs> and uh, you would watch a TV show, and if someone would come, maybe your sibling would come and change the channel whilst you're enjoying what, what you're watching. And then justice comes out and says, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I was watching first. And justice only happens when daddy comes along and daddy says, no, 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 stop that. But you don't feel that that's enough, right? You've just come and interrupted my TV show. You've interrupted what I was watching. And so justice really would mean you, brother, or you, sister, are not allowed to watch TV for an entire month. <laughs> that's true justice. The fourth thing is partition of sin, partition of sin. So you know what it is to be when you offend someone or when someone's offended you. There's this awkwardness. There's this, uh, maybe I shouldn't be around them for too long. I, I can't look you in the eyes because I've done something wrong. I can't look you in the eyes because I've, I've done something wrong. And that's the same thing that happens when it comes to God. There's a, there's a, there's a divide between the two of us. We, can't, we don't feel comfortable being in his presence. And so that's why it matters. The pollution of sin, the power of sin, the penalty of sin and the partition of sin, and that's the bad news. But the good news, friends, the good news, friends, is that there is a solution. 
There is a solution. God loves you and I. The Son of God loves you and I so much so that he came and gave himself for us. God came to this world in the person of Jesus Christ to do something about it. There is a solution. He came to die for you and myself, but also to raise, rise again. 1 Peter 2, chapter uh, so 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, He himself bore our, our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. See, it's been described as like this self-substitution, that God has, has taken our place in this, cos- this, this death will. He's taken our place. God substituted himself for us. In 1941, there was um, a prisoner who escaped from Auschwitz. And uh, those in charge decided that they're going to kill 10 people um, by random. They're going to starve 10 people by random. And one of the men who was selected, his name was Francis, he, he cried out as he was being selected. And he said, my, my family, my wife, my, my kid, they won't see me again. And you could hear the anguish in his voice. And as he was pleading, as he was crying, um, another man stepped forward and he said, I'll take his place. See, I'm a priest, so I don't have a wife, I don't have any children, so I'll die in his place. And so he he goes into the bunker and he's there for a while. He's sitting there for a while. Um, But interestingly, he keeps the atmosphere amongst the other prisoners who are starving pleasant. He encourages them to worship. He encourages them in psalms. He encourages them. And so one by one, he's the last one remaining. Ultimately, they needed the bunker for more prisoners to be uh, killed. And so they gave him an injection, and he was killed. 41 years later, his his life was put into real perspective. In front of 150,000 people, 26 cardinals, 300 archbishops and bishops in Rome, Francis stands up and Paul, the Pope says, the life of that man who stepped forward, Maximilian Kolbe, the Polish priest, is a prime example of what Jesus did for us. This man is alive because of one man's act. This man is alive because of one man's sacrifice. This man is alive because of one man's choice. And ultimately, Francis' life was changed as a result because of one man. And what Jesus has done for us is so much better, so much grander, so much more beautiful than what Maximilian did for Francis. What Jesus has done has allowed a relationship to be repaired. See, the cross, the height of pain, the depth of shame, uh, as gruesome as it is, what the Bible focuses on is this, the uniqueness of Jesus' death, that he was suffering spiritually because he was bearing himself for our sin, for our shame, for our guilt. So what's the result? The cross. The cross is the final result. The cross and resurrection are really a great event. It's a beautiful diamond. When you look at it, there are different facets to it, different ways of understanding it. The cross is such a beautiful thing for us because it represents both love and forgiveness. 
See, guilt is all about feeling bad about the stuff that we've done. Shame is about feeling bad about who we are. And Jesus bore both our guilt and our shame. So what we've done and who we are no longer are those things, the things that hold us down and bound us down. We give them to Jesus and he gives us peace and recognition. You don't have to feel bad about yourself anymore because you are loved. You don't have to feel bad about what you have done anymore because you are loved. Understand, friends, that both our guilt and our shame have been taken away from us. And you and I can experience the joy, the peace, the love of our Jesus. Evil has been defeated. Jesus defeated all evil on the cross. And we're now in good standing. Resurrection means that he's defeated it all. Victory he wields. So why does this matter to us? Partition of sin. The partition has been removed. The barrier is no longer there. You and I can now have a relationship with God. We can actually know him as father. We can actually speak to him as someone who cares for us. When we have our prayer meetings like wholehearted, it's an opportunity for us to be in relationship with God and speak to him and see things happen. The partition has gone. If you're wondering where the next wholehearted is, by the way, it's next week, Friday, at the Worlds. Make sure you're there in the evening. An absolutely amazing time where we get to speak and be with God. The partition is no longer there. We're in relationship with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You see, the cross was not God's sort of punishing some innocent third party that would be barbaric. No, God was Christ in Christ. God himself came to die for you and for myself. God was Christ. He was reconciling, bringing us back to a right standing. Reconciliation between God happens. But because of the cross, reconciliation between ourselves can happen as well, which means that there can be reconciliation in marriages. There can be reconciliation in relationships. There can be reconciliation between parents and children, in friendships, you name it. There can be reconciliation because of the cross. The second one is penalty of sin. The guilt has been removed. There's no condemnation. The word, is you, the word used is justified, and justified really means just as if I'd never sinned. It's a term, for, uh, it's a term in law courts. You've been justified. You've been acquitted. No longer is the penalty above you. Three, the power of sin. The power of sin is broken. The addictive personality, the addictiveness of sin, of wanting to to do that wrong thing, of drinking that mountain dew consistently has been broken over your life. John chapter 8, verse 36. So if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And as a result, two things happen. Justification happens instantly. You're made right with God. You're made righteous. There's no condemnation. There's no sin. The second thing is sanctification, which means becoming more like Jesus. Becoming more like Jesus, and that's a lifelong process. The fourth thing is pollution of sin. Pollution has been removed. It's a continual forgiveness. One, First John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. See, this is amazing. It's wonderful. Forgiveness has been given to both of us, to all of us. We experience God's forgiveness, which changes the way we think, changes the way we feel, changes how we look and see life. 
It's made a difference in those who have said, yes, I profess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Because once you have been forgiven, once you have known what forgiveness looks like, you want other people to know forgiveness as well. See, holding a grudge is a dreadful thing because you're allowing that person to leave rent-free in your head. You're allowing them to do what they want. Holding unforgiveness is dangerous because you're really harming yourself. They're none the wiser. They're carrying on with their own life. But the fact that we can accept God's forgiveness, use God's forgiveness to not let it weigh heavy on our lives is vastly important. Why did Jesus die, friends? Because he loves you. Son of God loves you. He loves you. I want to ask you to stand and we're going to conclude our time. If the band can come up, that would be fantastic. Why did Jesus die? There's a problem. The problem was obviously sin. Sin causes separation from God's original intent and creation. The good thing is that there's actually a solution. Jesus died and rose again so that we can have a relationship with God. And the result is that we are free when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. There's an opportunity for us to know God's goodness, to know his love, to know his forgiveness. The question always becomes, will we accept this wonderful gift? Will we accept this wonderful gift? John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. It goes on to say that for those who believe in him won't perish, but will have eternal life. And that, that can be your reality today. Whether you're in this room or you're watching online, that can be your reality. You can know the goodness of God. You can be in right standing with him. But no longer are those things a barrier to us having a relationship with God. God has broken all those things down. He's made every effort to be in relationship with us. The question becomes, will we take that step towards him? I wonder if you would bow your heads. And if this morning you're saying, hey, I would love to be in right standing with Jesus. I would love to be in relationship with him. Then just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. You're saying for the first time or another time, you're coming back towards Jesus. I want to be in relationship with him. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand as well. Anyone else? You want to be in right standing with Jesus. If you're watching online, this is for you as well. Ultimately, God sees you in this moment. Why don't you repeat after me? Everyone together. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your son, Jesus. That he died on the cross for me. Rose again so that I can have a relationship with you. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. Help me be all I'm supposed to be. Holy Spirit, come. Teach me to be like Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
that's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps. That's all from us here today and we hope you have an amazing week.